0: Today, we interview an accomplished entrepreneur, leader, and CEO of Aquila Capital Partners, Mark Watson. Mark shares that the key to success in a distributed work environment is to appreciate that when your employees are remote, it's important that they have clarity of the vision and clarity for the progress towards that vision. KPIs must be front and center. Since we're not physically together, our conversations must be tight, they must be outcome based. Yes, we definitely must make time to build trust and team. However, to have results-based conversations, let's not focus on what we're doing. Let's spend the bulk of our time on how to get close to the outcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. I'm your co-host, Mitch Simon, on the West Coast, and I've got my amazing co-host, Dr. Jenny Bianca Mathis, on the East Coast. And Yay, in the, hi, in the middle, yes, in the middle of the country, what in the middle of the country, we have on the podcast business leader and CEO of Aquila Capital Partners, Mark Watson. So Mark, how are you today?
2: I'm doing great. You know, <laughs> what a difference a year makes. A year ago, we were trying to figure out what the new normal would be. And, and now we're now we're trying to figure out what the new normal is again a year later.
0: Yeah, it is it's uh it's amazing. And guess what? Last year and this year, nobody knows. So um, <laughs> <laughs> there's no difference at all. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Aquila Capital Partners, why you founded it, and what you've learned um in being a successful leader.
2: Well, I I founded Aquila more than 20 years ago when I'd been an entrepreneur and an investor, but but I'd also been an operator having been part of a management team to take a company public uh, in the early 90s, which we then sold uh, in the late 90s. And I was thinking about, you know, what I wanted to do next. And I thought it would be both rewarding and exciting to, to do something a little different, but still entrepreneurial. And so I thought about helping entrepreneurs build their businesses. And what I thought was missing from a venture business model was bringing both financial and intellectual capital to the table. And and so I was thinking about it from the viewpoint of entrepreneurs helping other entrepreneurs um, build their businesses. And it's been kind of fun. I've, I've had a chance to do a lot of that over the last 20 years. Certainly the last year and a half, I've I've really been doing a bit of that. And one of my portfolio companies I think he summed it up really well he said, "You know mark <clears throat> we're really good at taking ideas and turning them into a business sort of and he goes, I'll say that's like going from zero to one but but you know how to go from one to ten and the and the your colleagues at Aquila know how to help us get from one to ten a lot faster than if we were just trying to do it on our own and and of course we provide investment money as well. But I think, I think, you know, that combination I found to be very helpful with early stage companies. So yeah, I'll just, yes.
0: So, so let me ask the, uh, the obvious question. Um, well, the obvious question is how do you go from one to 10? Um, you know, and that <laughs> I'm sure we'll do that in 30 minutes. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, how, how do you in, in this new um, world of, you know, vir, you know, virtual and in hybrid. How do you go from one to ten when uh, it looks like many of your employees are either not there or are coming back, or half are coming back, or we don't know?
2: Well, you know, the toolbox is still pretty similar, right? In terms of um, in terms of how you build your business, you've got to have a really good product or service. You have to have clients that that value that and want to pay you for it and you've got to figure out a distribution platform that allows you to to effectively and efficiently deliver that product and a lot of the you know a lot of the tools that we're using today in in the the remote slash the centralized world that we're working in they've they've been available for for years it's just the it's just the the adoption of them I It's, there's a lot more, a lot more video today, a lot more slack today. And I think figuring out how to engage each other, engage your customers in, in a, in a, in a more asynchronous fashion, instead of being able to, to engage each other real time, I think is probably the biggest change in, in how we build businesses going
0: forward. Can you give us some, some examples of what you're doing um, with more of an asynchronous bent versus a synchronous bent?
2: Yeah, so I, I think for almost every portfolio company we have, they, they use a Slack channel. Um, everything sits in Google Docs. And you can watch each other edit real time on a document if you want. Um, you can see where people have picked up and left off if it isn't happening together. we use also a fair amount of zoom or other video. Did you ever think zoom would become a verb so quickly? (laughs) And, and, and I think it's just the, the cadence has changed a little bit where, where you can't expect an immediate response, but you know, you're going to get a response later that day on things that you're working on together. And so You know, what I've found through all this, this period of time is we've all kind of slowed down so that we can actually speed up. And what I mean by, what I mean by that is, you know, I look at, you know, I think about my schedule before and I was fairly constantly going from one meeting to another, you know, in my, in my case, it was mainly on an airplane, but I was going from one meeting to another and and I was always on the go. And what I found since COVID is I've taken a step back and a lot of my portfolio companies have taken a step back and thought about, okay, well, if we can't just all be together, what are those things that are really going to move the needle? And how can we make, how can we really make sure that we really move those things or that how can we really focus on those things that move the needle or to say it differently? How can we make sure that we really hit those 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 KPIs that matter or are those main goals and objectives that really matter? And so I think it's forced all of us to take a step back and think about, OK, what are how are we really going to get there other than just getting everybody on the phone talking all the time or by video? And so I think thinking through what we really expect of people and giving them those deliverables and then letting them figure out how to achieve them, I think, has really made a difference. Or to, say, or to say it differently, if you think back to a few years ago, we wanted everybody in the office because we wanted to make sure everybody was working. And, and I remember several years ago, you know, uh, when I was building my company, Argo, we, I would always have a program in the summer that was a strategic planning meeting. And we'd always bring in different people to talk about where we thought the world was headed. And so for the last several years, we had, we, we had a speaker or several speakers come in and talk about the future of work. And so this notion of going from worrying about, about people being in the office working to more outcomes-based is something that we were already focused on at that company. And and I think in the world we're working in today, most companies that have really kind of moved ahead in the in the post COVID world, where they're working remotely or in a decentralized fashion, are are if they haven't already, they're quickly becoming more outcomes based uh, instead of just remember the old time and motion studies of the mm-hmm.
1: right?
2: those those days are hopefully gone. Although hopefully, although you but you hear stories today about how companies are trying to, to watch what their employees are doing by like having the camera on, if you can believe that,
1: yes, or, yes. Or, or,
2: or watching the keystrokes on their keyboard.
1: Yeah, they're trying to take an old concept yeah. and apply it in a culture now that just, it, it it can't stand up. No,
2: at the end of the day, it'll never work. I mean, but
1: Mark, I have a, a, a more in-depth question for you. So how do you take that idea, that concept that we're we're concentrating on outcomes? And I have been very clear or together, we Mm -hmm. have been clear on what the KPIs are. How does that look differently than the way I managed before? With now you're remote or hybrid. How does that look? What as a leader, what am I doing differently?
2: Well, to the extent that you were already focused on outcomes before, you're not doing anything differently. But how many of us were really, we're really doing that? How, how many of us were, were, were reverting back to, sadly, the way, the work environment we grew up in, which was more of that time and motion bit. And so we, so I think that we're doing a better job today of resisting the temptation to, to, to say well what were you doing today instead of mm-hmm. hey can you tell me what you accomplished today there you go and so it's the, it's just changing the the dialogue right to what it, you
1: got it right. so
2: what did we and also getting away from the what did we accomplish today to hey we're on a, are we on our timeline to achieve our goals that you know we need, <laughs> that we need to do in in the next 3 weeks
1: exactly different language
2: Different language. That's right. A different lexicon, but also making sure that the
0: mindset matches the lexicon.
1: Oh, yeah. And, you know, chicken or egg, you got to keep doing it until they come together.
0: So what are what, um, you know, um, Mark, you've pointed out something, which I I think is really important. And we've uh, we've tackled this on our on our uh, podcast, which is that. Getting your KPIs and getting your outcomes and getting your vision is so much more important in a hybrid in a virtual setting. And it would be, I think, what I'm reading from what you're saying is it would be a shame if we went back to uh, a world where, okay, everyone's in, in the office, and so what's great is I can see everybody working, and we could we would actually lose that focus on the on the KPIs and the outcomes. Just wondering what are what are some of your portfolio companies doing? To keep those KPIs and objectives front and center.
2: Well, some of it goes back to the tools I, I was talking about a minute ago, but I, I think it it I think the cadence of the quick stand up check in meeting uh, and having everybody cl- quickly run through and just say what they're working on, not 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 so they can say, "Yeah, I got my homework done," but rather so their colleagues know because we're working in such interdependent teams today. It's a faster way of letting everybody keep up with what's going on with their colleagues. So they know where they fit into that. And of course we see that in various Slack channels for each project as well. Uh, But I think keeping, keeping those discussions crisp and short and to the point um, really make a difference. I've, I've, I've certainly jumped into a few stand-up meetings of my portfolio companies and man, the pace is fast. Mm -hmm. And some people are on the video. Some people are on the phone. Some people are standing in the room and it doesn't really matter where you are because it, you know, the thing starts and it ends in 15 or 20 minutes max. And, and, and again, companies were doing this before, but, you know, remember the days of You'd come into the room and you'd sit and talk and then you'd kind of get going. And, 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 you know, remember when meetings used to get scheduled for an hour because you thought meetings were supposed to last an hour? Well, right. it's amazing what you can get done in 20 minutes when you've only got 20 minutes. And by the way, if you have only got 20 minutes, you know, you need to be very concise and on point in what it is that you're
0: saying to people. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, bitch.
0: You yeah, know, what what I, what I wanted to say was um it is uh it is uh having us be very very um uh, taking taking the uh synchronous time and making it extremely valuable. Right? As well as making the asynchronous time extremely valuable. So we're we're making sure that we're using our time wisely because we're focused on those KPIs. And I I think also People are complaining about these back-to-back meetings. So I think what they're doing is they're saying, okay, if I'm actually going to get to you, you know, on a video chat, you know, it's going to be in, it's going to be out, it's going to be done, and we're, we're out. And I think that that's um, what you're pointing to, Mark.
2: There are times when I want to stare at somebody and I'm like, okay, let's Zoom, and we'll jump on for 10 minutes and boom, we're off. Mm-hmm. Right? But for people that you're used to working with, you, know, you can accomplish so much in an impromptu phone call and, and the phone call, well, for me, because I've worked remotely for so long, the, the impromptu phone call for me has been the proxy for walking down the hall and saying, there hey, you, buddy, go. you got this or the water cooler thing. So yes. you can remember when we were younger and we just call each other. Right. We didn't have to plan anything. We just pick up the phone and say, and they were there. Hey, do you have a couple of minutes? Can I ask you a question? And, you know, we got programmed to over the last decade and say, well, I got a three o'clock and a four o'clock and a but I could fit you in at five fifteen for three minutes with that mm-hmm. work. And I'm like, no, just talk to me now. I just have one question. And so hopefully we'll get back we'll get back to that again.
1: Yeah. Mark, I love what you're talking about. Because we really haven't had anyone emphasize in such an elegant way the the piece about the concentration on the KPIs and how it changes the language and how it still is, um, how it needs to morph to run the business well. And perhaps, this is just a question, the Zoom may evolve to. Uh, being used for when you do want more of the social interaction. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there uh, as we have, as we keep using these different vehicles uh, because sometimes you do want to actually stare at the person, laugh, um, it, not have it be 20 minutes and yet it's planned to be open and casual.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. I I just meant you shouldn't plan for every meeting to last an hour and have every meeting be by zoom, right? There's absolutely a time, a time and place for that. And it's, it's what you just said, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's if you're transacting with each other and you can't do it by slack, then pick up the phone and get it done. But if you want to sit and talk to somebody and, 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 and do so in a creative way or an innovative way, then Zoom is much better than the telephone because you can see the other person's body language. By the way, I would say that it's a good substitute for being in person, but if you're really trying to sit and brain, have a brainstorming session, there's still no substitute for being in person.
1: <laughs> well, Mitch and I have been exposed to a few of the online platforms that do encourage group brainstorming. They do, however, uh, require an incredible amount of expertise.
2: Oh, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to say you shouldn't brainstorm by video. I think that's mainly how we do things today. I was just saying, let's not forget being together is still kind of nice. Yes. It is kind of nice, right? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I wasn't trying to suggest that that should be the priority still. I think we've all yeah. proven that actually we can accomplish far more um, by, by video than we appreciate it. But again, it's because it's now pervasive. And it's now so much easier to use than it was pre-COVID. Let's not forget that.
0: So I've I've got okay. I want to get to the to uh, the, the, the the meat of the of the questions. How do you go from one X to ten X in a company? <laughs> well, let's start with every company. Did you
1: bottle that yet, Mark? Yeah,
0: I want to bottle that. I want to know. People yeah. want to know.
2: Yeah. All right. So let, let let's start with every company is a little different, but 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 every company has has a lot of things in common, right? which is and i said i touched on these a minute ago but but they're worth kind of coming back to a little bit and that is it it starts with making sure you've got a, a great product or service that that you've figured out that customers actually value your product and service okay and so of course most businesses that get started they get started because the entrepreneurs recognize a need that isn't being met by clients. And so they go about building what they believe is going to be a great product or service to meet the client's needs. That, but then you run into two challenges. One one is that sometimes the clients, they don't know it. They're like, okay, I know I told you that, that this is my pain point, but I'm not sure that your product solves that. Or I'm not sure that I want to change my behavior or I'm not sure I want to pay that little extra money, even though what you've built may be amazing. And by the way, their definition of a little extra is more than ten percent, right? Until until you get until you get some believers. And let's say you get over that, you've then still got to figure out how to distribute your product and find even more customers than the, those first true believers. And and so what I what I found over time is that entrepreneurs they can so when they to go from 0 to 1 means they've they've kind of figured out product customer and sort of distribution because they've got those first set of believers but then they've got to figure out how to get that next set of customers and so then sometimes that means augmenting the product sometimes that means finding a different set of customers and or completely re, revamping their distribution platform well, let or, me let me say one last thing. And they almost always underestimate the amount of money it costs to build a brand by a factor of somewhere between 20 and 100 X.
1: Wow. And then you also have sometimes the replacement of the entrepreneur.
2: Well, so let's talk about that for a minute. I, and this is a challenge that, that all companies have and, and it's certainly something that, that that I've experienced as well. when I, when I took over the, the company um, that I spent 20 years building, which is called Argo, I, I had invested in the company in 98. I joined the board in 99 and I, and my colleagues on the board convinced me to run the company in 2000. That was never my intention. And it certainly wasn't my intention to run it for 20 years, but here's kind of what happened. We, we figured out what we wanted to be, which was a specialty company in, in the commercial insurance business. And we wanted to become one of the leading specialty underwriters in the U.S. And over a four or five year period, we accomplished that goal. And we had to really transform the company to do so, which meant bringing in a lot of different people. And and we ended up reinventing the company several more times over the course of of the following you know fifteen to sixteen years, and and I remember getting some advice early on from one of my mentors, uh, which is a business guru named Ram Charan. I'm sure you know him or know of him. Yes. And and Ram and I were you know early on in this process. He said, "Let me ask you a question." He said, "Do you appreciate?" that if you can't reinvent your company every few years, that the market's going to leave you behind? And I said, yes, I do. And he goes, okay, then do you appreciate that if you're successful in reinventing your company, that if you can't reinvent yourself, you're going to get left behind?
1: There you go.
2: And the answer wow. is, I got it. And he goes, really? I'm like, okay, well, so he and I, you know, still work with each other today. So I I, I got it. And, but I can tell you that there were moments in time that we were so successful at reinventing the company that I was so alignment in out of alignment with my role that I thought, man, if I can't get this figured out in the next six to nine months, we're going to have to get somebody else to do my role. Right. So, the challenge that businesses have that are fast growing is bringing in the people fast enough to grow with the company and the people who were there change themselves to grow with the company. Those are the challenges.
1: That's the culture part.
2: Well, it's also the wanting to change. Yeah. The wanting to change yourself mm-hmm. Part mm-hmm. left behind.
0: What have you changed about yourself uh, over the last 14 months?
2: Oh gosh. <laughs> well, I've gone, I've gone from, I went from investor to operator back to investor. So that's been a fairly significant change. I I think I mentioned earlier that that I've you know taken a step back and and tried to be more thoughtful. Okay. I, I am reminded I've reminded myself how important it is to be resilient. And and I think if you look at at the companies that are doing well, it's because they have been resilient and not surprising, their leaders have been resilient in, in, in rebuilding their companies. But I, I think of all those things, I come back to what I said earlier. It's just being more thoughtful about where we're really headed, uh, being able to clearly communicate that to people so they understand where where we're going uh, or where the portfolio companies are going, and, and just be really thoughtful about getting to the end game and letting other people get there, not Mm -hmm. at all, not trying to do it all yourself. Now as an investor, you know, when I was running my company and once it got over a billion dollars, it was really hard for me to direct behavior. I, I could only really influence behavior. Then, and of course, as an investor today, I'm influencing behavior more than more than I'm, I'm directing behavior. So, uh, a fair amount of change, but being being resilient and thoughtful, I think, has has been pretty helpful the last year.
0: Great. What um what advice uh, would you give to business leaders? Um, let's say for the next the next part of this year, it's almost like six seven months left of this year. As um as we were talking to, um on the phone before, as people go back, don't go back, kind of go back, um, kind of reinvent their companies, um you know, accept the, these new changes, what advice would you have for them?
2: Well, you know, I, I, kind of, I kind of mused about that, you know, when we first started talking about we finally got used to a new normal only to now realize we're going to have to have a new normal. And, and, and what I was thinking when I said that was we have all these new tools, well, sorry, the tools that were available to us, we've now refined, they work better today and we've figured out a better way to use them. And, and I think that the challenge for everyone going forward is to take the best of what we've learned today. So outcome based projects instead of thinking about how people spend time. There's an example. Getting comfortable communicating in an asynchronous fashion instead of always having um, to be together. Uh, slowing down and being more purposeful. And, and then the last one, which we haven't really talked about too much, I alluded to it a minute ago, and that's making sure that that leaders spend enough time clearly articulating where the company's going, why it's going. So you can call that mission and vision or why right but but making sure people understand what the end game is what their role is in getting there and what the world's going to look like if they achieve the end game. And so focus more on the leadership than management. I think in the world we live in today, it it's more important to lead than to manage. If you're going to, sorry, it's essential that you're more focused on leadership than management. But by the way, that means you have to have a team that, that, that buys into the mission and the vision and the culture that you've created at the top that allows that to happen.
0: Great. Yeah. I, um, I love this, um, the, this segment because we you've gotten really clear that perhaps what this, this pandemic has really how it served us is to have us just get clear wh- where we're going. Are we getting there? Why are we doing it? Well, Mark, um, thank you so much. Where could our listeners find you? Best place to find
2: me is on LinkedIn. So if you just go you know, in the search function and type Mark Watson and, and then Aquila, uh, my venture firm, you should be able to get me pretty easily.
0: Great. And Aquila is A-Q-U-I-L-A. And I looked it up ahead of time. It's Latin for eagle for those who don't know what Aquila <laughs> is. is. Yeah. Well, great. Well, Mark, this has been uh, a great, great uh, opportunity to um, hear hear how to really think about the future of business. I want to thank you. I know you're on your way to uh, Austin, I think. And uh, I want to thank you, Jenny, Bianca Mathis for um, this podcast. And so to all, all of our listeners, if you've loved this episode, please share this with your friends and colleagues, and we'll see you next time on our next episode of Team Anywhere.